0: Paranormal Truth and
1: Reality with host Chris Houston, a show for those with a passion for the paranormal. And now, welcome to the show.
0: Welcome to Paranormal Truth and Reality. I'm your host, Christopher Houston, and we're here with uh, Cheryl Lynn Carter as our guest tonight. Cheryl's an author, an investigator, a researcher, and historian, a little bit of everything there. Welcome, Cheryl. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? Oh,
0: hanging in there as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you and I have had many conversations at conventions and, and um, online and so forth, but let's Get the audience to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into the paranormal, and what you're doing currently?
1: Well, I'm a, I'm actually a, a, a psychic medium, also because when I was four years old was when I saw my first spirit. So I was kind of born into it, I guess you would say. But I, I probably didn't really start getting into investigating until after I was out of college.
0: Investigation I just, takes I just really a little love while. It.
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't something you thought of doing that, because, you know, back when I was in school, you couldn't talk about this stuff because people would think you were weird, that you talk to good <laughs> people and stuff, you know. I couldn't find people to relate to. There, there wasn't all these TV shows that you see. You couldn't talk about this stuff.
0: It was a niche area, actually, even though it was in college universities. A lot of times it was the professors, and they were doing a lot of things. I hate to say this in gray areas, kind of under the books, after hour studies, uh, additional right. works right. out of curiosity.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So it, it, uh, it it's a different world from uh, when most of us grew up. I, I hate to say that, but it's true. A lot of the new generation, they they've, they've grew up with the TV shows. But uh, most of us that didn't, it, it took a while to figure out who to talk to.
1: <laughs> well I and mean, you didn't you didn't have all these books out you know that you could go read you know, I, I did find some things but there's not all the books that we have now
0: well, and most I of the books know. that were out back then were um they they were old school books so they right. really weren't paranormal right. like it is today it was more
1: mm.
0: gee, it must be the devil you're going to hell <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I've, I've had I've had people tell me I'm talking to the devil. I, oh. <laughs> Funny you should say that.
0: Yeah, I mean there were paranormal books, but when I was growing up, the paranormal books revolved more around uh, ancient Incan history and right. hidden artifacts and the occasional UFO mystery. Um, not really a, much to do with ghosts.
1: <laughs> we didn't even use that word paranormal. That's a new word. We didn't use that word. Now that, that word wasn't even around. Yeah. Kind well, a new word. <laughs>
0: it 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 was it just wasn't predominantly used paranormal and supernatural. Yeah, in the concept of, in, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly a uh, a scientific term where they defined mm-hmm. the paranormal and the supernatural as unusual situations and unknown factors. The public didn't use it nearly as close or even around what they're using it for today. An investigation, ironically, wasn't the way we do it today
1: either <laughs> no <laughs> um,
0: in fact there was very little investigation to be frankly honest with you there were the uh, and and i hate to say this because some of them i learned from and i educated from and and they've had an incredible influence on the community but uh they were a lot what i like to call the hairbrainers. um they went out with specific religious beliefs and a lot of times everything they ran into was evil and everything that they ran into mm-hmm. was casting demons out and then they had their own little rituals and and so forth. And then you had the science part and they didn't really give a crap's butt about what was going on in a personal residence. It was all science. So if they came in mm-hmm. they flooded your room your your whole house with cameras and people and
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: A different world, totally different world.
1: I'm, I'm glad we finally got here.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of it is um, – it's progressed in a lot of positive ways. Uh, and I mm-hmm. was just talking about this on a show the other day. KD, Joel Myers, a lot of young um, – techs have really dove in and done some really good stuff recently after they've realized that uh, most of the equipment that's out there right now was designed for fun. There's never really anything truly designed for the paranormal. So we've got an aspect of new generations of people that are designing things strictly for the paranormal off of their theories. That's awesome. Um, we we have um, a lot of new teams coming in with curiosity. The openness is just larger than i think it's ever been you can walk on the corner and talk to anybody and they're fascinated about the word paranormal
1: i love that i i can go anywhere and i'll start talking to somebody about something it's funny <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're, but, it's like you're drawn to that person for some reason you're just drawn to me you know i can go talk to that person they can be a stranger but i know that one's okay <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing. And you introduce yourself and say, well, I'm going to a convention. Well, really, what do you do? I'm going to a paranormal convention. Oh, I love that stuff. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have an incredible conversation with them. One thing turns into another. You get to hear different ghost stories. It's a different environment than it was a long time ago. It does have its negatives. We all know that, being in it for a long Mm -hmm. time. It's also… A very competitive market and a very ego-driven market now, and everybody thinks it's about getting the next show and the next fame and the next this and the next that. Um, And as you've learned, as I've learned, as most people have learned, you know, if you're destined to be in that TV spotlight, it's going to happen. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to create your own show for it. Just do what you do, man. (laughs) Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And and if you if you go out investigating and you've got this ego thing going, you're not going to get much reaction from the spirits because they they can feel your intentions when you go places. So you're kind of hurting yourself by having a big ego.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to speak to it if if I was truly dead and running around my home. I I don't want to sit there and watch an egotistical person. Cocky all night. I, I want to relate with somebody that I will sit down and talk to me on my sofa. <laughs>
1: right, they'll just right, they'll just walk away somewhere else and they well, go, I didn't get anything in this place. Well, um, maybe it was your attitude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the beauty of it all is once you get past all of that because most of that you uh-huh. see in the social community and you see the little spats from team to team because everybody wants to be the next big show. Once you get past all of that, you actually open yourself up to a wonderful community of people um, that you can sit down with, you can chat with, you can discuss theories with. Even when you disagree, you always find something to agree with um, that, uh, that is a positive note. Um, in fact, I love the conventions. I, I, I consistently hear people gripe about conventions and say, oh, man, I don't want to go to another one, but I enjoy it every time.
1: <laughs> I, I learn stuff from other people. That's what it's all about because we we don't have that, all the answers. We have hardly any answers, and you learn from other people.
0: You do. You, it, it's a consistently growing field um, with wonderful different techniques, some of them you've we've all forgotten throughout the years and then a new person comes in and he just happened to read up on it and he's doing it all the time and it reminds you of it some of it you just never thought of uh, and here somebody brings it to the table and goes, hey I just put something together and here's my new idea and you're like, you know what, that's kind of cool <laughs> one,
1: one thing that I use, I use a tape recorder and people used to laugh at me and now look at everybody wants to use a tape recorder
0: I walked around with one forever. In fact, I still have one here, one of the little handheld cassette recorders. Before that, I had a full cassette recorder I'd walk around with. <laughs> okay.
1: I got, I got four handhelds that I use. I don't have a digital one at all. I have a TASCAN, but I don't even use it. I use my tape recorders. Yeah, I, I walk around
0: with a digital recorder because it's convenient and it's light. But in the old days, you didn't have cassette. In fact, my first EVP recording started on an, a um, – reel-to-reel, believe it or not. Oh, wow.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Because I wanted to start cold turkey with the simplest items you could. So I got, you know, at the time, not a handheld, but a portable cassette player that we grew up with that you could put the cassette in. It had this little pull-out hammer, um, and you could walk around with it, but it was kind of bulky. I had one of those. I still have
1: one of those, too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, And then I had my reel-to-reel because... When I first went out on my very first research project, my only job was to ask questions and take notes. Uh, in fact, all the people I was with were way over my head. They were spouting out all kinds of things, and I'm like, okay, you're going to have to talk like like a caveman here because I don't understand what you're saying. Um, so a guy walks me up to a reel-to-reel, and he gives me some paper, and he goes, okay, so here's the deal. Take notes, hit record, and then ask people what I say when I tell you to do it. Okay, that's fine. That works for me.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and then I just kind of started from there. Reel to reel had its problems with all the noisy factors. Tape rec- even yeah. old-fashioned tape recorders, you, you got to know what you're listening to. But mm-hmm. I've actually learned sometimes they pick up better than a digital recorder for some reason.
1: Because the tape, you can't hear it. It lets off a white noise that helps them speak. And your digital recorder blocks out some of that white noise.
0: That's true because That's it's an old factor of running the tape through the wheels, mm-hmm. and and it right. causes its own noise factor.
1: Huh. That's right, because I've I've had somebody with a digital recorder standing, you know, a foot away from me, and and I got all these EVPs, and they got nothing on theirs, and we're standing right next to each other.
0: See, that's unique that you bring that up. That's what I tell people all the time in the, in the audio world is uh, a simple factor like that. Breaking down every single audio frequency and every single noise factor and putting on individual mics and hitting record, you're probably going to get a better result than just walking around with two or three digital recorders and sending them out and a camera mm-hmm. uh, because you're recording every audio field that's out there. And if you're recording every audio field that's out there, you're going to catch that one field that picks up the EVPs more than another. <laughs> right.
1: Because she, she had a camera going, she had her digital recorder, and I had my tape recorder. Her camera didn't pick up anything either. I mean, I got like 10 EVPs at that time. And I called it's... her out and said, hurry, listen to your stuff. We got some cool stuff. And she goes, I got nothing.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, oh, it's... I'm amazed. I'm amazed. It's unique that uh, um, a lot of people I don't think realize – well, you get taught in this world that it's really easy to to go out and start an investigation with the tools. And to be honest with you, it is $30 digital recorder, $100 camera, a handful of lights, an IR light, and well, you're you're bouncing like a baby. But um, I don't think people realize that that's not necessarily what – most of us do. You can get started that way, but God, I bet you in in Joel's basement alone, I probably have $2,000 worth of equipment that I bought, not counting his.
1: (laughs) I know sometimes I'll I'll, I'll go somewhere and there's, I know one person in particular that I run into once in a while. She must have every piece of equipment ever made that has red lights that light up. (laughs) (laughs) And she will bring them all out. So you don't want to go in that room because nothing's going to happen in there. (laughs) It's going to scare the spirits. Too much red light.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's ironic that um, most people buy those pieces of equipment because they do have the flashy lights and and it makes them excited Mm -hmm. when they get a response and so forth. But I don't think they realize a lot of times that a lot of that equipment is just designed for those flashy lights
1: right and and sometimes that scares the spirits
0: well i personally wouldn't want to be standing in a room if it was dark with one flashy bunch of lights to keep popping up and shining on my wall it annoys me when i'm trying to sleep to see that as it is now
1: <laughs> well, that, that's what happened there was the the one place where down the basement I'm, i was there before and i know there's a little boy spirit he's about four or five years old he died in the fire and she's got all these flashy red lights and you know, I'm a medium, and he's talking to me. He's going, fire, fire. He thought it was a fire. So you don't take stuff like that to a, a location that you know there was a fire and people died because they think that's a fire. You're scaring them. You have to think when you go places which equipment you're using.
0: Well, people don't take consider in consideration the history or the um, right. content or so forth. Um That's why if I'm going to participate in an investigation, yes, I have my digital recorder. Okay, I have my camera so that I can pick up things and record everybody else mostly. But a lot of times people kind of look at me funny when I'm not behind a screen because I really don't bring much of anything into the investigation. Everybody else has it. Um, Mm -hmm. I take the attitude that if you're a spirit or a ghost or so forth, you're going to interact With me, If I'm a person, if I'm walking around with a bunch of equipment and laying it out before I come in and asking you silly questions, you're probably not going to react to me. But if I come in and I sit down and I carry on a conversation with you and I talk about myself a little bit and I make you comfortable, you're going to (laughs) want to (laughs) respond.
1: That's exactly what I tell people, and whenever I walk in somewhere, the first thing I say is, Hello, my name is Cheryl. I, I hope it's okay. I, I came to visit because I didn't call ahead, and people look at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I said, well, you're you're walking into someone's home. Would you just walk into your friend's home and start saying, knock on the wall or light a flashlight?" I said, "Just have a nice conversation with them, and they will speak to you. Yep. It works."
0: <laughs> or if you're tell in a business or an me environment. Tell me yeah. I'm yeah. Scared. Yeah. You respect him. You walk into a principal's office in a haunted school. Well, you're not going to walk into a principal's office and set up a bunch of stuff, and and set off a bunch of alarms. No. But if you sit down and give him the respect he deserves and treat him like a principal and carry on a conversation that way, he's probably going to react to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, I, I guess it's misconception. Uh, you know, the a lot a lot of the older people in the business do it the same way you do it the same way i do it the same way i've seen keith age god bless his soul when he was out i was only on one investigation with him but when he was out he was he kind of he didn't walk around with any equipment either he just kind of walked in and did his thing um and dozens of other people just like that that just walk in and they do their thing and hey it's great if you got the equipment put it over there somewhere will you um (laughs) and and people look at you like you're what are you doing? This is this is not what I was taught. Well, that's because you were taught mm-hmm.
1: from TV. <laughs> from TV, yeah, that they have all this stuff, yeah. Like, I, I have a lot of equipment, but I'll only take certain things to certain places. I don't take everything I own. Well, I not gonna use
0: narrowed it. down a lot of my video equipment. I have. We have a bunch of night cams that Joel bring on. I think I have two or three cameras on my own. I bring one camera. Usually, and unless I'm recording everybody else, I may not even record the events on the camera um, because I'm a bit skept- – cameras were put into it when TV was put into it. A lot of times in the old days, you set up a camera in each room just to record the people running around, and then they did their own thing. You really didn't mess with the camera. You really didn't get the best angles. It was more yeah. for research. Um So if you're truly investigating a situation, then why are you holding your camera all the way through the investigation, trying to get the best shot? To me, that doesn't make
1: sense. And you're so busy concentrating on the equipment that you got that you're missing a spirit that's standing right next to you.
0: Yep, and the evidence and, sure. and the communication. And, you know, it's okay if you want to take it, sit it on a tripod, aim it, let it record the whole time while people are in there and walk away. But uh, too many people concentrate on putting the equipment on their faces and putting the equipment outward and getting the best shots and doing all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And that's great for a TV show, but it's not real investigation. Uh, well, and
1: they're using more than one camera on a TV show. You you think and they're only using one. They've got them on every different angle. Oh too, yeah, that yeah. You will not able to do yourself.
0: And they've got a hidden crew usually in the back that's dressed mostly in black. Sometimes they cover their faces up so they don't disturb anything and sit in the corner with big cameras aiming at you. Right.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <Nice. laughs>
0: um. But the the public I don't think understands that, so they try to mimic it and th- put it out on YouTube and. And, uh, and put together a good video. And don't get me wrong, listeners, when I'm saying this. If you're doing all that, that's fine. You know, That's a part of your passion. Go ahead and do that. But um, that's really – you'll find out after about five years or six years of doing that, you'll start putting down a lot of this equipment and only carrying one or two things. After about eight or nine years, you'll realize you don't even really care whether you're holding the camera or not unless you're recording for somebody else. Um, you'll put the camera down. Somewhere And just aim it towards you in a corner. You'll put it on a shelf, aim it towards everybody, and just sit down and do your thing Uh, because that's what real investigation is. You want to make sure you collect all this data, this information, get the interactions, get the EVPs, and so forth. And if you're constantly playing around with your gadgets, concentrating on that, and concentrating on filming everybody else, you're never going to get any of it.
1: (laughs) And I, I constantly have my recorder going the whole time. Yep. Even before I walk into a location, I have the recorder turned on because they're already talking to you outside. People don't realize that. I've picked up a lot of EVPs before I've walked into a building or right after we're getting ready to leave. I've still got the recorder going before I go to my truck. They're still talking to you. You can miss some stuff.
0: And you will if you don't pay attention. Some of the Mm -hmm. best experiences I've ever had were unloading and loading up equipment at the very beginning when you're walking in and you're setting everything up it seems right. like the location will be more active and when you're walking away from everything and unloading it and you're just about to leave and close that door it seems to be the most active and it's probably because they're watching you leave and they're curious when you're coming in so um why not get that I, evidence
1: <laughs> I, I i had something funny i was at a, last fall i was down at Eloise Asylum down in Detroit and I had my recorder on it as I'm coming in and I I heard a woman's spirit say here they come (laughs) nothing but but that was coming in before I got to the village. because here they come
0: we got uh, Octagon Hall the first time we were there we got somebody that um, opened the front door while we were first coming in as if to say come on in um,
1: really? <laughs> we we got
0: hello. We got somebody interact with us and, and, and almost joke around with us when we asked if a male was upstairs or not. Um, the second time we were there, the bolt was still on the front door, and we started unloading. And here we look over and think you know, the people that we're filming for at the time, hey, are they coming in the front door? No, they're still clear around the back. And I'm watching the doorknob turn. The door opens up, <laughs> pushes against wow. the chain as if somebody was trying to come in.
1: Wow.
0: And then close the door. And uh, uh, now I didn't get any of that on tape, unfortunately, because we didn't have the cameras out. But it uh, tells you that a lot of times these people, these, and I'm going to call them people, even though they're dead. These people no, know that I you're there. Were, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. It's their property. Um, so you're walking in and, well, they want to know what's going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, my, my friend's got a, a haunted farm and we, we go up and visit sometime and. I was walking out. I always talk to the lady of the house, the original owner of the house, because she's still there. And so we're getting ready to leave one time, and I said, well, thanks for talking to you. I hope, you know, if if you try, you know, I got the recorder. I'll listen back. And I said, well, I'll I'll come back and see you again sometime. And I played the recorder back, and and I heard her say, come again. (laughs) They know. They know. (laughs) They know you're coming and going.
0: They know. Well, and that's the thing I think people miss. You know, on top of the science and everything else, um, everybody wants to argue about the term ghost, and everybody wants to argue about the different methods, and everybody wants to argue about all of that. Well, first you got to respect them in a certain way and put down all of that, and then you can start getting into the science of finding out why all of this is happening in the first place. Um, they probably know because. In their environment, they're still alive, even if they know that, they, right. that that they're talking to people after they're dead. In their environment, they're still alive. So mm-hmm. when somebody walks into the home, all of these things to them are happening at the exact same point. They aren't with us because we can't see them. But to them, they watched you walk in the house. They watched you set up your equipment. They watched you interact with them, and they're either going to respond from that, get annoyed from that, or walk away from that because of that. I mean it's their house. <laughs>
1: right. That's that's why you you be, you're friendly. You know you're walking into someone's house. You weren't invited. You're just coming in there. You know don't don't be laughing and goofing around. Be respectful, exactly. And you will get conversation every time.
0: Um, oh, yawning on you. I apologize. It's been a long week <laughs> this week. I've been on the phones with virtually everybody. I. Uh, <laughs> Close some deals out for the new podcast so I could get that running and boost the t shirt company. And it's been, uh, it's yeah, it's been a week of consistently being on the phone, closing deals on top of my regular job, which is always on the phone. Um, <laughs> so it's, I haven't really had a chance to actually get any sleep. And then tomorrow I'm going out to the Bel Air house. So Ooh, I
1: like that place. You've been there before?
0: I have not because it's so tough to get in there. Not um, either.
1: I went there with Keith one
0: time, yeah. Yeah, this is my first time. I got invited from uh, OPIT, which is an Ohio paranormal team and the owner up there um, who was excited to have me and, and Joel show up uh, kind of out of in, the booths, yeah. which I think is kind of cool. In, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and I, I hear she's very picky on who she lets in there, which I would be too. I mean,
1: well, yeah,
0: you don't want... You don't...
1: Right, because like I said, she she's you know, if there's spirits there and she's inviting you into their home, that's exactly why. Uh-huh. That's why she's yep. picky. That's
0: why she's picky. Huh? And you got to respect the home. you got to respect the area. you got to respect the spirits that are in there that have passed away. And uh, there are a lot of teams out there that really don't take that into consideration, I don't think. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ever-evolving world, so to speak, in the paranormal world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, listeners, uh, brief pause. You're listening to BBS Radio. BBS Radio is the largest digital radio station here in the United States of America, one of the largest I should say. If you're going to go with the best in digital radio, podcast or otherwise, I do encourage you to look up Donald and BBS Radio. They're wonderful people. They've taken great care of me here for the past several years, if not a little bit longer. It's been so long I can't remember to be honest with you. You heard that we're going to be out at the Bel Air house with – Uh, O P I T, And you can look them up on Facebook They're going to be doing lives all night tomorrow I'm not sure how long I'm going to be there Because it is Father's Day So we may not be there until 3am, 4am in the morning ourselves But it was an honor and a privilege to be invited So we'll be there from roughly about 6 o'clock To at least 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning I would guess, somewhere right around there Uh, I do encourage you to look at those lives A couple of other updates just really, really quickly I have a – looks like somebody forgot to turn off my office phone. I'm going to shut this off real quick. I have a – I apologize for that, Cheryl. I have a couple of announcements that are coming out. We have a sponsorship that just came out from BTCHN, which we'll probably be talking about on BBS Radio as well, from a – it's called The Wheelhouse. The Wheelhouse actually works with a lot of – rollerblading and roller skate wheels they mass produced those they started as a small company in california and it's my great honor to say that bill and the crowd there has decided to sponsor us at roughly about four to eight thousand dollars every six months to create a wonderful podcast and in return we're actually going to be telling you a little bit about wheelhouse and a lot of their situations and their designs through advertising and so forth so i encourage you if you haven't heard of them before and you're into rollerblading skateboarding or you just simply like sports, look up Wheelhouse. They're wonderful people. We have a couple of other unique sponsors that are coming in. BTCHN is due to launch in about four months if everything works right. We want to make sure we have the studio up and running, and we're actually looking at offices now to get the radio station and the studio into a isolated area so we can start that process. So I encourage you to take a look at the podcast when it comes out. It's going to be isolated on excuse me, several channels at the moment. We're going to work with Donald here to try to produce this eventually as well on his spare time, get him involved and let him make a few dollars off of uh, the company here. But uh, we're targeting YouTube and and a lot of different areas. It's also going to be rebroadcast on Amazon once we get the deal worked out and, of course, pay the sponsorship fees and so forth to put it on Amazon. And hopefully the goal is you guys are going to find something that's very, very entertaining, the reason I say that is because the one thing that the paranormal is lacking is humor. We get so stressed out that we want to say things and we want to do things, and Cheryl's seen some of my shirts recently. Um, <laughs> and uh, the goal of BTCHN is to bring all of that lightheartedness back and to make fun of situations without making fun of individuals or attacking people and to also throw a little bit of education in between. So, you're going to see something a lot different than what you're used to. And I encourage you to watch that because it's going to be an absolute freaking blast. And a lot of the old investigators are going to watch it and they're going to laugh their butts off anyway. The next generation will get a kick out of it because we're targeting things a lot like a lot of the next generation podcasts that are out there. You're listening to Paranormal Truth and Reality. We have Cheryl Lynn Carter on. Cheryl is actually a psychic medium a historian, a paranormal investigator, you name it, she's probably done it once or twice. So we'll jump back into the conversation a little bit, Cheryl. Uh, let's talk about some of your experiences a little bit that you want to share with the audience.
1: Oh, there's been so many. One, one thing that, like I, I told you, that um, being, being a medium, the the spirits know you're coming somewhere three days before you go. It, it's not hype when you see somebody on TV saying, the spirit's talking to me. They do. There'll be a spirit from a location and they'll start talking to me, telling me what room they're in or, or can you help me with this? It's it's, it's amazing. And the one time I, I went to uh, Waverly Hills and three days before, this man came to me and he says, I I have a big problem and I'm, I don't know if you can help me. And I says, well, what can I do? And he says, well, my, my wife, was very sick with TB and she begged me to put her out of her misery. So I put a pillow over her face and he says, and now she's gone to heaven, but I, I can't leave because I don't know where I'm going and I may never see her again. And that was pretty heavy to have a spirit come to you and ask you what I should do. Should I move on? Should I stay there? So I, I found him. He was down in the death panel, still there. And I says, well, I, I don't think you did that out of hate. You you did it because you loved her. And I says, and I think God forgives you, and I think it's okay for you to move on. And then he did. So, I mean, that was kind of heavy.
0: Well, sometimes people need to hear that, um, mm-hmm. in life and death. Uh, I, I I hate to. Uh, sometimes people take me too literally because the word move on. Is a term that we use because
1: yeah.
0: we as human beings have to comprehend things properly. But what they don't understand is regardless of what we're dealing with after life, we still have those emotions, those comprehensions, and so forth because we live them in life. Even if the emotional body is gone and the unit is gone, the memory is still there. So if your last thoughts before you died was of your loved one and… You feel responsible for that. You're stuck in that moment. I know. And some.
1: I'm, you know, I'm glad I could bring him some comfort, so that he understood that it was okay.
0: Yeah, and that's usually what it takes, because you're stuck in that moment. You're stuck in that memory. That's the last thing that was stuck in your head. You're stuck in that memory, and you you basically in life you condemned yourself for it. So in death, you're still stuck there condemning yourself until somebody opens up the rest of that reality because how many
1: years was he there how many years was he there stuck like
0: that yeah and it it could have been many could have been many many Mm -hmm. many in a a repeat cycle Mm -hmm. where he's just stuck in that little loop of blaming himself Mm -hmm. and even though we all know a lot of times that that it may not be our fault we still blame ourselves it's human nature so it, it takes an outside source sometimes to kind of say you know what I, I, I know at the time you weren't ready to hear this, but it's not your fault.
1: <laughs> yeah. If I told
0: you. uh, yeah. So it's um, it's it, it's a process that all of these little holes, and this is why I love talking to psychic mediums. All these little holes that are out there, I can explain the science all day long, and I can tell you the science all day long. But the problem that I run into with a lot of people when I tell them the science is, they say, "Well, science doesn't relate to reality." Reality is it does. Mm -hmm. People just don't quite understand that process, and this is a part of what I'm trying to teach people now because it is scientific theory. For instance, what you just did. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a proven fact in science, which is why science says there is no soul. Uh, It's not really what they physically mean is there is no soul. What they're telling you is our emotions, our feelings, everything that we are because of our brain…  … is because of the human endorphins, the glands, and and the body itself. So when you remove the body and the brain is what's left, there is no emotion left because it has nothing to spike that nerve center, um, which is what we comprehend as a soul. Now, that doesn't mean that your memories aren't still intact, that what you felt before that was not still intact… The emotions involved that you remember were not still intact because the brain is the largest unit, the largest computer that we can't explain that's organic in the universe. Every person's brain is larger than any computer we could ever create. It runs and off of it's a
1: all, It's all energy. We, we, we yep. will always be energy. You cannot destroy energy, so it's – the energy is always there.
0: Yep, It runs off of electromagn- electric energy and magnetic energy that combine mm-hmm. together. Now, when, just like any capacitor or any computer or so forth, what happens to energy when the container breaks down? The energy continues to pass on. It leaves the container exactly. until it disperses into something new. Now, if our memories are still intact, if what we remember as emotion is still intact… If what we remember and we saw is still intact and all of those things, including the feelings that we remember are there, whether we feel them now or not, we still exist. And we're stuck in those moments, sometimes a good moment. Sometimes we just want to walk around and have fun for the rest of our life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, Sometimes we're stuck in a moment like that, gentlemen, where we blamed ourselves for something. That's the key thing we remembered before we died, and we're stuck in that moment until that energy is ready to move on. And that's what people mean by crossing over. Sometimes you just do it on your own. The energy dissipates. You realize you've been here long enough, and you just kind of break down, and, and you go somewhere else to something new. Sometimes it takes a little push.
1: <laughs> and and I, I I really don't like when you hear somebody say, I investigated, and I crossed ten spirits over tonight. You can't cross <laughs> anybody over. You can't cross anybody over. We have free will. You cannot Cross a person over. No, nope. I, I don't know nope. what they're doing. I, mean, I didn't cross him over. He went on his own.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to accept. It's it's like anything. Energy has its time where it disperses and changes into something new. Um, and,
1: and you have no right to decide that those spirits need to leave tonight. You have nope. no right to do that. <laughs>
0: and you, you really can't. It's just like living in life. Know, if definitely. you were to tell right. me get out of my house, yeah, it's my house, dude. I'll go when I feel like it.
1: <laughs> right. You can't make anybody, you know. So, you know, I don't, I don't know why they. I guess they see that on TV or something. I don't know, but I, I can, I can never say I crossed somebody over. I never did. I helped them. I well, it's like it's on, like me and the.
0: And the demon world, I can't stand it when people use two words. The first word is the word portal, and uh, I know everybody, maybe even yourself, believe in portals. I have my reasons for not believing in a portal or a doorway because it doesn't make sense. It just mathematically doesn't add up. Um, And the other thing is demons. I cannot stand it when somebody says there are 20 demons at a location.
1: Or, or, any, or any demon. I've never seen a demon in my life. I've been investigating for 20 years. I haven't seen
0: one. I ran across one, and it was before I ever started. Yeah, that, I
1: don't want to see one, but I, I'm sure they're out there, but I don't want to see one. But and that's the funny thing.
0: Coming. The other thing that people don't understand is you don't see them. They don't physically come in front of you and form like people think. It's just not really? the way it works. Um when, when a demon shows up, a demon does it for very specific reasons that you will never understand, and he uses a lot of tactics like fear, oppression, uh, sometimes kindness and faith to get your advantage and then wraps it around, and it very rarely works for, oppre- for um, possession like people think that's that's not what they're out for even though i can't explain what they're out for i can explain you the situation that i went through and the situation that i went through it did not want to possess me that It starts was not, with
1: oppression you gotta go through oppression before you can get to possession it doesn't
0: always go there. well and it's not it's not necessarily what they're looking for in the first place right, um right. they 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 want either to feed off of your fear. They want to oppress you. They want to change your mind. They want to manipulate you. Um, I can honestly tell you during the experience that I had, I had extreme hatred a lot of times. I did a lot of things I wasn't supposed to do. I was not a nice person. Um, And this was all because of what I was going through. Uh, Once I removed myself from that and realized what was going on with guidance… Uh, all of that changed, and I realized you know, you can be a good person, you don't have to do bad things, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that.
1: <laughs> because uh, you didn't even realize, why am I doing
0: this? Yep, had no idea, it was just life for me. Yeah, you um, go, That's
1: not like me, why am I doing this?
0: Uh, even though everybody around me was afraid of my house, they knew what was going on. Uh, it took me a long time and a long battle to actually fight that. So, demons are real. They're just not what people think, and sometimes, most of the time, it gets confused with mental illness and other things, Mm -hmm. and I, I would actually say in my case, listeners, so that you know, I would actually say my case was a mental illness. But I went to see a psychiatrist for four years during this process, and the psychiatrist eventually, when I told him, nope, it's in this home, no, it's not, went to my home and ran out of the home and physically told me at that point, you don't need me. You need a priest. Don't ever contact me again. I don't ever want to come here. <laughs> oh I did goodness.
1: not see this. <laughs> oh, my Were your eyes different when people looked at your eyes? Were they different? Um, I would have
0: to ask them. I would have to. I've, ask.
1: I've seen, I've seen some people that had an attachment to them. I'm not saying it's a demon; they had a spirit attached to them. Their their eyes are really dark. It yeah, was and, scary.
0: and the only reason I know what mine was was because of the ending identifying factors involved. Otherwise I would have said maybe it's a ghost, maybe it's something else, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But it very physically at one point, though I won't release that portion of information after torturing my family, torturing me, it did at one point when uh when we were ready to leave the home identify itself. Very oh, physically wow. identify itself. Um and basically stated uh this is in my book, by the way, guys. When you do it, it's not in the story that's about to come out on television. It very basically did identify itself before the end of that as hey, look, I have been around this county and this land for years. I'm not just here. But you're not going to get rid of me. Mm. <laughs> so I left it at that, to be honest with you, and ran with my tail between my legs and said, okay, time to sell the house.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder what it was. Wow. Um,
0: but it did scare. That,
1: that, that's another thing. That's another thing. When when somebody goes to a location, there's something there. It doesn't necessarily mean it belonged to that building. It could be something from a building before, something from the land before. Uh-huh. You don't know what you're dealing with.
0: May not even be from that area, depending on what what you you've done. Right. I've, I've been in this for almost twenty three, twenty four years now. I've seen very few evil things, though I have seen a few handful of things that, to be frankly honest with you, I can't explain. I've had Mm -hmm. the privilege of standing outside of a room that an exorcist from a real Catholic priest that came over here from Rome was at. In Indiana, yeah. though I can't release that information, mm-hmm. that also was what made me decide I don't want to be a part of that. I told them at the end of that, just from standing outside of the room and the brief encounter that I had there and the feelings that I had, and hearing what I had outside of the hearing what I heard outside of the room, I told them, guys, I don't want to come back. I've got the information I need. Thanks for your time. I respect what you're doing. You know it, it takes a lot of efforts but it's just not for me
1: <laughs> I, I would be I would be afraid that the the spirit that was attached to that person would attach to me but that you know I, yeah I wouldn't want to be close to that either <laughs>
0: um, you know I, I I've done a lot of research ran into a lot of scary things but I gotta honestly tell you most of what I've ever done has ended up in two different ways absolutely nothing or not really that bad. I mean it it it's misinterpreted. It's more kindness, more mm-hmm. happy feelings, more people more things that just want to they want to be known. They they appreciate yes. you. Sit down and talk about them. They have a story to be told.
1: <laughs> That's what i say they, they want you to hear their stories. When you know, when I go places, they're they're you know, contact me a couple of days before. They want me to know their story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I, I guess this is the, the downsides of being a medium. They like to show you how they died, uh-huh. you know, and sometimes that helps them move on. That they've told someone, they find to share that with somebody. You know, so there's another reason that you've helped them just by listening.
0: Well, um, and I think a lot of people have the ability to um, to connect to that. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't understand that because even a few experiences that I've had in the past have related to what many psychic mediums have talked about. In fact, unbeknownst to me until four years later, I helped solve a crime here in Delaware. Um, I was living in an apartment complex with my wife, and we kept consi- I kept consistently hearing a woman cry outside the door over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Nobody else heard it. And eventually my wife heard it once, and she said, that's strange. And my daughter heard it at a very young age and, and said, Daddy, who's that girl? And I'm like, okay, well, I, this is not in my head at this point. So mm-hmm. I got up at one point, and I saw the woman, and she was in a nightie. She looked like she had just went to bed. She was bent over, leaning, you know, sitting down in a cross position, rocking back and forth. And I looked at her and said, can I help you? And she looked up at me, and she got up, and she walked away. So I followed her, and she walked right through the door. I followed her out the door. She walked right into the woods, and then she stood by a tree about a quarter of a mile into the woods behind the apartment complex and pointed at that tree and then just disappeared. (laughs) So I decided for some ungodly – and you'll laugh about this. The listeners may even laugh about this. For some ungodly reason, I was going to call the police the next day. Uh, so I did, and I explained the whole story, and I got laughed off. Yeah, whatever. You're another nutcase, blah, 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 and it disappeared.
1: Yeah,
0: it's hard about the
1: police. I know.
0: <laughs> the, the funny thing was three years later, I get a phone call from a detective that's about to retire that's been on this case for almost 20 years from that apartment complex, <clears throat> and uh, they had investigated me after I called them. He pulled the file and investigated me to see if I had lived there. Apparently, Mm -hmm. this girl had came up missing in that apartment uh, about 20 years ago, give or take, when a new landlord had bought the apartment. Now, before that, she had talked about how she was afraid of the people that were there, and nobody ever found the body. He went to that location and exhumed the area and found the body.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So they had additional questions for me, so I had to come all the way from Wisconsin back up to Ohio and answer those questions. How did you know I was there? Uh-huh. How did you know, know it was there? Where were you at the time? They found out that mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even close to all of this,
1: and it ended up
0: <laughs> it ended up linking to the janitor that had been there for 27 years, and the landlord – the landlord had had a relationship with her along with the janitor, and the janitor murdered. <laughs> so the case got closed, and I didn't know anything about this until after the case got closed, and then the detective told me, hey, look, if, if it wasn't for you, we would have never found her. And I that's thought that was the coolest thing in the world.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not laughing, that's cool. No, one that reminded me of a, a story. I, I work I work on missing persons cases sometimes. And before I started doing that I was my sister is in Illinois and she sent me a video to watch on Facebook because she knew I was investigating. She she just thought I would think it was cool that this team was out looking for a missing woman. Okay, and I didn't I didn't know anything about this woman. It was, she uh, she disappeared 20 years ago. She was in Illinois, and I, I, I probably lived in Illinois at that time, but I, I didn't know anything about this woman. And I'm watching the video. They're out by these woods looking for her, and all of a sudden in my ear I hear a woman say, tell them they're looking in the wrong place. And that's when she started talking to me. And she showed me how her boyfriend killed her, where he buried her. She's and she showed me in like just in pictures. She wasn't saying words, so it's really hard for me to decipher. And she she would just talk to me so much and show me these pictures that when I went back to Illinois I went with my sister and we we drove around looking for these little landmarks that she showed me. And That's I go, Now amazing. what do I do with this? Yeah, but I go, Now what do I do with this? So I I Looked on on the internet and there was a, I think it was the Doe Network, and there was a number for the FBI. So I called him. and go, they're gonna go here. Some kind of nut? Well, he goes, no, no, no. I use psychics all the time. I said, thank you. So I told them what happened and and I says I I have photos of where she showed me. He goes, I'm interested. Send them to me. You know, I mean, they never found her yet because I know she's buried on someone's farm. So I mean, you can't just go digging on someone's farm because the psychic said. That's sad, you know, because I I know she's there. It's really sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we yeah, have to like, get permission house, from you know? the yeah. uh, right. from the
0: owners in order to do so. And uh, if it's not county property, you don't be able. You're not able to get on it at all without that permission. And most yeah, fam- farm owners you. don't want to hear that there's a dead, possible dead body buried on their land.
1: <laughs> but I think that when her when her boyfriend buried her there, that. He dropped something that belongs to her, and the farmer picked it up, not knowing that this was, you know, it had something to do with the murder. So the farmer found something. I can't tell you what the item was, but that's what I'm feeling. But it was like a big cover-up because, you know, this, this kid was, this father was, you know, some rich guy, and it was pretty much covered up by the local police. Wow. So that's why it's, it's hard to solve this. Yeah, he didn't mean he, to kill yeah they, were, channels. they, were a, you know, they were, he didn't really mean to kill her they were they were walk, walking around by the creek and they got in a little fight and she kind of pushed him in the shoulder and he got mad and pushed her harder and she fell backward and hit her head on a big rock now maybe she wasn't even dead yet when he buried her i i don't know for sure but he could have went for help she could have said my girlfriend slipped and fell he, he what? no he panicked you know, no one would have
0: blamed them for murdering her. They wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, well, that happens a lot in stories. Yeah, People yeah. make the wrong decision, and then they're they're afraid they're going to get blamed for it. And, of course, if you're in a small town and your daddy's a sheriff or you know somebody that is the sheriff, um, it's more likely, if you're important, to shove it all under the rug. <laughs>
1: yeah, because they, they even had them I've, I've seen reports where they they took him down the police station and they were talking to him and he had a, a motorcycle accident once and he hit his head and he, well, you know, I'm, I'm not always right in the head after an accident and he goes, you know, maybe we maybe we went for a walk down by the creek, you know, may, maybe I pushed her, maybe maybe she kind of fell and hit her head. He was saying this, he goes, but, but you know, my, I'm not quite right, I hallucinate sometimes. He was actually saying the story. <laughs> That's so bizarre.
0: Well, that's what uh, all of this is. Um, mm-hmm. the, these, the, these people have stories to tell. Um, time is a variable that we, we here comprehend, because we have to. We see things age. We see things live. We see things die. But when you get into the overall understanding between everything, time is not a motion as relative as we once thought in Einstein's theory. Right. right. Um, it all flows at a consistent motion, and relativity only falls under our little envelope. Um, you know, you get higher up in space, time slows down a little bit, you get further out in space, time slows down mm-hmm. a little bit, you get back into gravity, and so forth. And that can all scientifically be explained, and now quantum physics is learning the rest of it can be explained too… And they say that – physics actually has readapted most of their stuff lately for listeners that don't know. They say that it's a great possibility that everything, past, present, future, other dimensions, is all flowing at the same motion at the exact same minute all the time. We just simply don't know that because our motion in time is separate. And I know that's hard to explain, but basically what happened yesterday is still going on. What happened tomorrow is still going on. We just don't see it. Right. I believe that. So so it's easy enough for somebody to want to tell a story because, well, shoot, I have a thousand stories I could tell right now. If I knew I could tell them to somebody else and have it from time to time, just sat and told my story or my thoughts in my head in the middle of a room when nobody's there. Well, how do I know somebody's not there? Somebody could be sitting there in the future, this sitting with a recorder.
1: (laughs) I said, something that we say today, somebody else could pick up a recorder next year and pick up what we're saying. I mean, everything that you say, your voice, it's out in time someplace.
0: Yep, yep, and it carries for centuries. The
1: spirits aren't something special from a a long time ago. We're going to be spirits of the future. They can pick up our voice. Yep,
0: yep, and theoretically right now, even though we haven't passed on yet and our memories haven't traveled, Somebody in the future could be seeing us as dead people that lived in this house I'm in right now as an example. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody's Mm -hmm. walking around this house wanting to talk to ghosts, and in their time, I am already dead. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I'm not right now, so if I pick up on that and I start telling a story, they pick up on it. And if the story is more prevalent because I remember it, I hurt somebody, I feel bad about something, whatever that is… That's going to carry for a long time, even after my physical presence disappears.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so deep thoughts by Chris Houston
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and, and I always I always ask spirits weird questions that probably most people don't ask. you know I don't, I don't want them to knock on the wall or light up a flashlight because that, that's not telling me much. That's not giving me their story, or, or I'm not learning anything about what's on the other side, you know. Like, where is the other side, you know? And and I, I'll ask them. I'll say, you know, where are you? And they 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 don't answer because maybe they don't know, maybe they can't tell us. And I, I'll say, what do I look like to you? You look see through to me. Do I look see through to you? I, I ask really weird questions. <laughs> I get because looked at funny a lot of times because I
0: carry on conversations. We're trying, to,
1: so. we're, trying to find out, we're trying to find out things.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can relate with that. I know a lot of people know. look at me funny because all I do is sit down. If somebody says that somebody hung themselves there and, and their name is Cheryl or whatever, I'll sit down where mm-hmm. they hung themselves, and I'll just talk to Cheryl. I don't want to talk about that's how I she do. died. I don't want to know anything about it. I just want to know who Cheryl is. Um, exactly. Exactly. But Well, listeners, you have been listening to Paranormal Truth and Reality here on BBS Radio. Once again, BBS Radio is one of the largest digital radio stations here in the United States of America. They broadcast all over the world. I do encourage you, if you are going to go with the best, contact Donald at BBS Radio. He'll take great care of you. Next week's show is going to have another amazing guest. I'm not going to release the information quite yet because we're still working out the details with him, but he has been on before. Um, Wonderful guy, also another psychic medium, so you'll have a blast listening to him, and we will be accepting call-ins, so I do encourage you guys to call in. I have some people that are excited about a few of the guests that are coming up in the next few weeks. We have a fairly well-known Bigfoot hunter that most people have seen on television at one point or another I have a good friend that has been around for quite a long time that will be popping on we have a couple of other individuals that are just average people that are coming on to tell their stories and we are going to be closing out the end of July with early August with an exciting guest that I am going to do an announcement on that everybody will be saying no way you got him. So I do encourage you to stay tuned because this is a very interesting guest. He is very, very well-known. He's been on multiple paranormal shows, but not quite the shows like you think, and he's actually quite humorous as well as an incredible science fiction fan, so you're going to love him. But don't pick his brain if you call in on science fiction because I promised him that we're just going to have a conversation. Cheryl – It's been a pleasure having you on. We've been listening to Cheryl Lynn Carter. Cheryl, right before we jump off here, do you have a website or anything you want to send them to?
1: Yes, I have a a website. It's uh, CherylLynnCarter.com. Pretty easy. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is Sister Moonbeam. And Instagram is CherylCarter417.
0: And she's also at many, many conventions along with me and everybody else, so make sure you stop in and say hi to her.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'll be at Mid-South at the end of June. Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, I forgot Mid-South is coming up here in June. I believe I'm there too. That's That's the end. I almost forgot about that. All right, well, that's our show tonight. I'm going to end it the way I end it every single night, ladies and gentlemen, in the paranormal. One key thing to remember is a lot of things that – we're taught on television aren't exactly the case. And as you're learning, everything has a specific purpose in life. Everything moves together. Everything is connected. The past, the present, the truth, the future. It's all a story to listen to. So the next time you're out ghost hunting or the next time you think about going on a ghost tour, rather than bring your average equipment and stand around recording, why don't you just sit down and carry on a conversation? That's our show. We'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful weekend.